Welcome to the Honor the Gift Podcast. I am your host, Art McCracken. I specialize in transformational leadership and high-performance coaching. I've worked with hundreds of companies and thousands of individuals along the way, helping them achieve greater outcomes in all aspects of their life. I'm a speaker and writer, but at the end of the day, none of that holds a candle to being a husband, father, and friend. I believe the greatest gift in our mortal existence is the gift of choice. How we honor that gift will shape the eternities. I also believe that career is a way of being and not just a way of life. And when you figure that out, by learning to let go of the charades and leaning into growth, life just seems to unlock itself. I know this because I've lived it. Quite simply, my calling is people experience living true. Thank you for being here. Thank you for making the commitment to lean into growth. I honor your journey. Now, let's do this. Hello, friends, and welcome to another weekly episode. In this week's episode, another guest, really cool guy that I want you to get to know. Uh, his name is Brad Bizjack. He comes from a cool background. I'll let him tell more of his story. But for me, uh, he's a fellow certified high-performance coach, so we have some uh, fellowship in that, and we've gotten to know each other more recently. Really grateful for the time that we've spent. So today's topic uh, without further ado, is ping pong. And it's not the ping pong that you might be used to, but what we're going to do as fellow coaches, as I called him earlier, I said, you get five questions, I get five questions, I don't get to know yours, you don't get to know mine, and we're going to ping pong back and forth. So before we start the ping pong match and this episode, Brad, welcome to the show. Oh, all right, thank you so much for, for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to serve in any way that I possibly can and just, uh, yeah, just add some value. It's going to be awesome. You're awesome. Uh, love your energy, love your excitement, and let's do this. So I get the first question, and then you'll follow up, and you can ask me a question either on that topic or something completely <laughs> off topic. But uh, in fact, even before we hop into that, why don't you give the audience just a real quick background, what you're all about. And then I want to dive into this ping pong. Yeah, I'd love to. And so a little bit of backstory. My background, I, I basically came out of college in, in corporate America and quickly realized, you know, like this, this isn't my personal passion. No judgment to anyone that loves their you know corporate role. But I found that it wasn't my passion. I wanted to kind of create, create my own type of business, my own type of life. And I had a lot of limiting beliefs at the time, feelings of not enough, um, also some financial burdens. I was $92,000 in student debt um, and just felt consistently stressed out, always feeling like I needed to seek validation and just needing permission and didn't really believe in myself or feel that I was worthy. And so I thought, you know, getting out of debt or paying these, you know, paying these loans off or building my own business would make me feel worthy and that I was enough. And I found online business in the network marketing space. And I was like, you know what, that's, that's it. That's going to solve the problem. Right. And I started going and building it and had some minor success with, with it in the beginning. Um, but I found that over the course of time, most of what I was trying wasn't working. And I just kind of felt stuck. And I was doing the podcast, reading the books. I was trying the strategies that all the successful people in my industry were telling me to, to do. And it wasn't working. And I, I remember starting to get burnt out. It'd be like 11 p.m. on the couch and I'm, you know, binge watching TV and microwave nachos and, you know, having, some, you know, a little bit too much wine and feeling sorry for myself. And I kind of slipped into this feeling of um, kind of just almost like a 
it wasn't a depression, but kind of like a depression where it was like, I was so upset with myself that I wasn't where I wanted to be, but then so angry with myself that I was upset with myself. And I was just in this really dark spot. And I was, remember, I remember talking to my upline sponsor and she said, dude, you need a mindset coach. Like what you're doing, it's, it's not going to get you where you want to be because you have all the strategies in the world to create success, but your mindset is, is more negative. Um, and so I figured, okay, you know, I'm going to give this a shot. And I remember I was $92,000 in debt and I had to take that leap of faith to hire a mindset coach. And I did, I hired one. And, and in the very first session, she said something that changed my life forever. I was telling her how I'm doing all this stuff. I'm trying so hard. I'm reading the books. I'm, you know, inviting to my, my business and the different programs and all this stuff. Why isn't it working? And she said, Brad, you are so attached to success that you're missing the whole point. She said, you're under the impression that you shouldn't be where you are right now. You think that life would be better if it were different. You know, she says, you need to learn to love exactly where you're at. Learn to appreciate the gift and where you're already at because appreciation is the master skill to life. And I was resenting all of those things. And so I started studying that and I started studying appreciation, mindset, all that stuff. And I became obsessed and um, not going without going into too much detail because of time, I remember feeling like I was like, I got to master this. So I bought a ticket to a mindset conference to figure out what was kind of going on between my ears and more importantly, in my heart. And I was, I was thinking, you know, what I'm trying isn't working. So I'm in, but the universe is funny, likes to see if you're for real on your commitments. So in the months leading up to that, um, that mindset event, I got fired from my job. Keep in mind, I have no savings, $92,000. And now my income's gone. And I remember I luckily had the plane ticket, the hotel room booked already. And I remember walking and landing in San Diego and, you know, going to the grocery store to buy peanut butter and bread because I couldn't afford eating out at the time. And I remember uh, going to the conference, tail between my legs. And the topic that day was appreciating your past, appreciating your present and appreciating your future is the key to creating a life that you'll love. And it just, I went through such a great transformational experience in that event. And I changed my beliefs and I started to realize that life is always happening for me and not to me. And it, it's allowed me beautiful blessings in my life in terms of business, in terms of starting my own company and serving people all over the world in the personal development space and the mindset space and our, my coaching um, program and all that stuff. But more importantly, I just kind of realized that uh, life is a gift. It's worth treasuring and it's always happening for you. It's always rigged in your favor and there's always a blessing in everything that you're facing. And so that's a very top level spark notes version of kind of my background and how I serve people in the personal development world and how it came to that. Um, but yeah, now we have a company uh, serving people with our online courses and programs, just helping people all over the world transform their mindset and their belief in themselves. And it's a beautiful, beautiful gift. Awesome. You mentioned gift. This is the Honor the Gift podcast. What that means is that those that are listening in are looking for ways to honor the gifts that they have in their life. And sometimes it's even discovering what those gifts might be and the journey that comes with that. But the audience and community is about growth, about leaning and exploring what growth might show up for them in any given moment and what opportunities exist in that. And so with that, let's begin this ping pong match. First question. Mr. Bizjack, give us the skinny on appreciation mindset and why it even matters. Oh, that's a great question. Appreciation mindset and why it even matters. 
it's impossible to feel pain or fear when you're in a deep state of appreciation. When you live in a state of appreciation and you not just, let me explain the difference between gratitude and appreciation first. I think that's, and this is just my personal opinion. Um, and I've found that when I say things like I'm grateful for the roof over my head and grateful for food on the table, that's beautiful. There's nothing wrong with that. But it almost presupposes this idea that some people are challenged in that arena. And it almost brings up a sense of, well, that could be missing. Appreciation, in my opinion, is a state of being. It's, it's a place where you're living within your heart and acknowledging the awe and beauty of life. And when you're really in that state where you're acknowledging the awe and beauty of life, the limiting emotions that hold you back from what you really want, they don't exist in that moment. And it allows you to feel fully alive. It allows you to feel fully energetic and serve at your greatest levels and be able to help as many people as you possibly can. And it feels so backwards to say, you know, appreciate my life where it is now, even before I have what I want. Shouldn't I appreciate when I have what I want? Well, you should uh, both, both. When you live in a state of appreciation mindset, it just allows your heart to come alive. And I, I look at it in multiple different ways. I look at it in terms of your past, present, and future. Um, and I think that one of the, what I mean by that is our past is a beautiful gift. But if you live in the past, you'll create more of it. And so I, one of my favorite quotes of all time is the past only becomes the future if you live there. And that's from Tony Robbins. And I found that a lot of times when people look back on their past, it's really easy to blame the past and blame events for why we're not where we want to be. But I've found, what if instead of blaming, you thank your past? What if you start thanking it for the gifts that it created within you? If I take a look back at my life and where I am now, I wouldn't be the man I am today without the challenges and the contrast, whether that was my own personal life growing up, business challenges, whatever it is. And I think a lot of people look at these challenges and say, well, that happened to me. What if it happened for you? What good came out of it? And then I take a look at the present, the beautiful gifts in my life right now, like my wife, my daughter, uh, being able to serve in this, this episode with you, Art, and like all the beautiful blessings in my life right now, and also the future. I think a lot of people will take time and focus on what's beautiful in their life right now. But I think a lot of times people don't take time to focus on appreciating what's coming appreciating the goals and dreams that they have. And when you live in that state of appreciation, it raises your energy. When you raise your energy, then all of a sudden you come up with new ideas and creative solutions that you never would have had before. And that allows you to get to where you want to be. And Wayne Dyer has a quote that I love that says, live in the feelings of your wishes. And I think appreciation for the future is what helps you do that. So I think appreciation mindset is it's everything. If there's ever a challenge and you drop from your head to your heart, you know, if you're in your head, you're dead. If you're in your heart, you're smart. And if you drop from your head to your heart and genuinely feel appreciation, you will be guided towards the answer. Heart Math Institute did a study and they measured um, the uh, someone's brainwaves and heart waves and, and they measured trying to solve a problem from a state of like just stress and frustration. And when they measured the brain waves and the heart waves, it was like chaos on the chart. But when people took three minutes to get into a deep state of appreciation, literally just three minutes, what they found was that the EKG and the EEG perfectly aligned and were smooth and the heart and the brain started working together. And you can start to solve problems so much easier than you otherwise would have 
um, I call it inner guidance. You can call it intuition, God, the universe, whatever you believe in. Um, but I believe that the heart, and that's where appreciation is found. I believe that the heart has wisdom. The mind will never understand. And um, that, in my opinion, is why it's so, so important to live in a state of appreciation. It allows you to not only solve your deepest, darkest challenges, but also to live with a reverence for life and a beauty in life that helps other people come alive. So anyways, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> uh, point well taken. Those that are listening in, this is why Brad's on this podcast today. Uh, power-packed, brilliant synopsis of, of gratitude and appreciation and how important that mindset is and really what the opportunity is. So uh, point, Mr. Bizjack, your turn to ask the question. <laughs> this is going to be a draw at the end of the match. Because <laughs> I know that there's going to be fire coming right back my way. So, all right, brother. So question. Um, my first question for you is, what's the greatest growth experience? And obviously all of life is growth, but the greatest growth experience, transformational growth experience of your life that maybe was challenging at the time, but turned into one of the greatest gifts. Like just, yeah, what's the greatest growth experience of your life? And tell us the lesson you learned from that. Sure, uh, great question. And uh, it brings up a couple of things for me. First of all, there will be moments in your life, very, and, and I wouldn't say very few and far between, but there will be pivotal moments. And I, I call them paradigm shifting moments. They are world-changing moments for you as an individual. And I can count those on one hand. I know specifically the events around each moment. I know how lost, afraid, uh, betwixt that I was. I, I recognize the emotions and the feelings that come with each of those moments. And I can see them clearly as if it was five minutes ago. With that being said, uh, specifically one that comes to mind is one that I am, that I actually write about in my, in the introduction to a book that I'm writing called Unlocked. And it was a time in my life where I became fully present, bright light a day on bad behavior, bad outcomes, high level hypocrisy in not just my career and in my business dealings with other individuals, you know, advising and coaching on things that I wasn't even practicing myself and living a life of duality at home. And it was a moment where everything just hit me right between the eyes. And I had to ask myself, is this what I want? Do I want to continue to run from a life that's just getting messier and messier and messier? And my answer was no. But I also recognize that in order to live true to who I am and what is possible and what I wanted from life, very different than what I was getting, uh, feeling absolutely in a place of self-serving, um, I would say self-serving demise. Uh, everything I was doing was to serve myself. And so in this, I, I guess it would be a strategic inflection point in my life deciding to face it head-on meant having conversations with people that I loved dearly and bringing to bear a life that they knew nothing about, a life that uh, would be very, very disheartening and very upsetting 
uh, to those that I loved and those that I wanted in my life. And so a lot of fears uh, around that, fears of what they might say, what they might think, whether they'd even stay with me. Uh, I had deep thoughts about my spouse, about my children, and all of these things coming up and career and reputation. And it was just a moment where I had to decide, am I going to get real and am I going to live a life that's worth something that's true and not just a a life of of BS. And so in making that or or having that recognition, coming to the the table and deciding that today's the day that I'm going to change that and I'm going to go right into the danger and I have no guarantee of the outcome. All I know is I'm going into the danger because I want to go into the danger and I want to to live a, a better life. And so flipping that switch uh, for me has changed everything in my life. And the results, the daily living, the, the peace, the joy, the happiness, the, the fruition of life, the vibrancy of relationships, the vibrancy that comes from living true is a complete 180 degree shift from where I was and so for me that was that was maybe one of the biggest moments of my life where I was going into a place of complete uh, chance of of more failure more misery but I was willing to own it and willing to lean into what it was for me at the time to live true and, and continues to be wow wow that is absolutely beautiful I love what you said about there's a vibrancy that comes from living true. That is a powerful statement. And vibrancy raises everyone else up around you. That is, wow, that's beautiful, man. That is that is a golden nugget. Point to Mr. Art. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, well, I'm bringing one back at you. So here we go. Uh, how important is clarity in somebody's life? Oh, it's not important at all. Okay. Let's go. Let's move on. (laughs) Oh, clarity is. You do a lot of coaching. So I I know, and and likewise, clarity comes up a lot. So for you, how important is clarity? Clarity is power. It's, it's so important. I think if, if I take a look at any time in my life, when it felt out of alignment. And by out of alignment, I meant, what I mean by that is where I was experiencing undue suffering, unnecessary suffering, where I was feeling consistent negative emotions on a regular basis surrounding something, whether that's overwhelm in my business, whether that is challenges in relationship, whether that's um, whether that's financial challenge, right? Any time that I felt out of alignment, which has happened many a time in my life, Anytime that's happened, it's been because I'm not clear on the direction I'm headed, but more importantly, who I need to be in those moments. And I think when I, when I take a look at setting an intention, it changes the quality of the room that I'm about to walk into. I'll give you an example. Um, so I'm in my office right right now, and in maybe 30 feet away, you might hear a baby cry, by the way, because there's babies in the other room. Uh, but 30 feet away uh, is my beautiful wife and daughter. And to be successful in business, 
It requires me being clear about the man that I want to be when I'm serving my clients and customers, right? I want to be driven, passionate, hungry, energetic, compassionate, um, optimistic, right? Those I'm just saying, naming some of the qualities and traits that I want to bring to my business. And some of those qualities and traits overlap with the man I want to be in the other room. But one of the things that I've realized is that when I set an intention about who I want to be, when I walk through that door, then the whole room changes. Because what most people do, and this is what I've done, and if I'm being totally honest with you guys, uh, sometimes make the mistake of doing on rare occasion, like everyone's human. And But really, I'm pretty good at this most of the time. When I take a look at the times when I don't set an intention and become clear on who I want to be in the next room. And this can go beyond that to goals. And we can talk about clarity for that in just a second. But more specifically, the person I want to be, when I don't set that intention, I bring the previous room with me into the next room. And so if there's, even if it's a good day, right? And every day, in my opinion, has beautiful blessings. But even if it's a day that went in alignment with my expectations, right? Let's say that I crushed my, um, my, massive action plan for the day. I serve my clients at the highest level. Even if I everything goes exactly in alignment with my expectations and it goes really, really well, I'm still bringing that to the next room, which means that I'm not being proactive about the man I want to be. I'm kind of just coasting and bringing this to the ladies in the other room. And so what I started doing is I started pausing at the end of, I call it a transition minute, call it one minute that'll change every minute, whatever you want to call it. I started to pause and intentionally release my day of work in one room, not saying that there are bad things that happen here. I need to prevent myself from thinking about them. I think about my business in the other room, but I, I release it intentionally. And I set the intention, I go up to the door and I grab the handle and I ask myself the question, Brad, what is the best version of you and who do you need to be to walk into that room and serve the incredible women in your life or any room if i'm serving an audience whatever it is and it'll come to me it'll be playful energetic passionate loving you know happy fulfilled, whatever it is right and i believe god comes through me in that moment and tells me the the person that i'm meant to be in the next room and i leave the door and i go into the other room and it changes the entire energy of the room everything changes in the next room it could also it could already be great if i were to just go in there and just kind of leave and go in there but in the moments when i choose the man i want to be it's power in that moment to make their lives better and I do it before every coaching call. I literally did it before this, this recording. I asked myself, what's the best version of me that can show up for art and, and the audience today and to serve? And I, every single time I go into some sort of new room, I have clarity about the person I want to be. And it changes the entire outcome. It changes my feelings of fulfillment in that room. It changes how present people, uh, how present I am and how people feel me in that moment. I realize, I also realize that when I am incredibly clear about the person I want to be, I can walk into the room, not say anything, and people's energy will raise because I'm clear about my intentions. And on top of just clarity about the person I want to be, clarity about my direction that I'm going in life. What are my dreams, my objectives, my outcomes for my life in this moment? 
And when I'm clear on that, it's like, I think a lot of times it's really easy. Here's a good metaphor. People go to the woods with a bow and arrow, shoot it around, hoping to hit a bullseye. But what I believe high performers do is they paint a target and they say, that, that's what I'm shooting at. That's what I'm going after. So it gives them laser clarity on where to go, what to aim at. And that way, even if they miss the target, they can try again and just realign slightly with that one millimeter shift, two millimeter shift to get to that bullseye. Um, so clarity is everything. <laughs> it's super important. And uh, I recommend having some <laughs> or getting some coaching or mentorship to allow you to find clarity because this is easier to say than it is to do unless you have the right questions being asked to guide you there. So, um, yeah. Incredible, Brad. Uh, thank you for that. And for those listening again, you just had a masterclass in clarity, at least to scratch the surface. But what he gave you was a very specific exercise that will help you identify with clarity your intentions on how you want others to experience you. So take note, go back and rewind that, listen to it, set your intentions, put that practice into play. Powerful around clarity. Okay, Mr. Bizjack, your turn. All right, did I get a point? Two points, three points. How, how many ever we can award in that <laughs> session? That was, that was some fire. Very nice. Awesome, man. Awesome. All right, here we go. What are your top three core values in life? And from living those core values, what do you notice externally change when you're living in them? Like, and what I mean by that is, let's say, relationships, business, how do those start to shift when you're living in alignment with your top three core values? So what are they and how does it affect your life? Okay, very good. This uh, actually hinges on what we talked about before. My calling is people experience living true. So if my calling is that I live true and that others experience that as a result of their association with me, that requires of me that I have core principles or core beliefs that I operate from. Living true for me is, there's a few things. One, uh, being truthful. Truthful in all of my dealings with anyone I come in contact with. I believe there's zero separation between uh, home life and business life. I believe that career is a way of being. So my way of being would be first, honest in all of my dealings. Second, would be to love others in whatever place they're at in their life, uh, which requires uh, zero casting of judgment. This uh, It's harder done than said. Uh, you've heard it said that common sense isn't always common practice, and when it comes to uh, the quick places that we can go in our head, the stories that we begin to write, I have to be very disciplined and not allowing those stories to get out of control, which brings back the principle, assume innocence. So that comes back to that loving. Uh, the third thing would be operate from a place of possibility. And that is recognizing that each story we tell is a choice that we make and how we want to write that story. And so as we, as we look at the stories that we begin to write, and we get intentional about that, and we're clear about where we're going and why we're going there, it starts to bring to bear or, or shine a light on the choices that are available to us in our life. And those choices, 
I believe strongly that choice is the gift. It's a gift that every one of us is given that nobody can take away from us. There might be things that we do in life that, that limits our choices available to us, but we always have choice. And I believe that the choices that we make in this life have the ability and the capacity to impact the eternities. So for me, live true, be truthful. Second is be uh, have a spirit of love and, and positive assumption, assuming innocence in all cases. Gives me positive uh, opportunities for new choices. And with those choices come great outcomes and just honoring that choice, that gift of choice that we have in every way. More fire. <laughs> That's beautiful. I love what you said about living true. And that also that presupposes there have to be core values and principles. And I think to anyone listening, like take a minute and just ask yourself what's what emotional states or what what's most important to you? And if you have guiding principles, you'll feel alive. Anyways, I just wanted to piggyback off of that, but that was amazing. Yeah, I, I think at the end of our life, you know, we, we hear of people giving these end-of-life experiences and, and how people might show up at your funeral and what they might say about you. I think those that matter most in our life, I would hope that the things that they would say, the things that they would learn, the things that they would experience, that they would be able to quickly ascertain things that you valued in your life and that end of life um, experience for others being able to again just quickly say that's a guy that that was truthful that was a guy that there wasn't he didn't live in duality that was a guy that uh, had a great love and respect for humankind and that was somebody that recognized the choices available and made choices that were becoming of of a great human being and so for me that's if i can stay true and and just my way of being in life is reflective of the values that i have i'm good 10 points to gryffindor on that one (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome all right dude here you go um young couple stops you in a hallway at a conference you've never met them before they're just getting ready to uh, dive into college as a newly married couple, and they ask you, out of the blue, three pieces of advice you would give us to get good results in our life. Wow. Now, that's a fantastic question. Um, whew. If there's a winner in questions so far, <laughs> that's the winner. Oh, that was amazing. Okay, so three pieces of advice that I give a young couple that are just just advice for life, basically. What would allow them to have a beautiful life? And I think... Um, and by the way, setting, they're at a business conference where they're trying to learn how to build business. So you've got a couple okay. things going on here, but that's the question for you. Hello, friends. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you're enjoying this week's episode. If growth, personal growth and development is your thing and you're here learning and leaning into growth, glad you're here, glad you're part of the community. If you want more of this, make sure and hit subscribe in this podcast platform or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Search for Honor the Gift podcast 
and make sure and subscribe so that it shows up each week with new updates, new conversations, new learning, new ideas and concepts, again, to help us all in this journey we call growth and how we make it through life and the way that we show up for others. Also, if you are looking for more information, deeper dives into some of these conversations, and just an update to stay in the loop, you can always go to choiceisthegift.com and click on subscribe where you'll be uh, in the loop on things that are upcoming and more updates on this podcast. Again, thank you for being here. Now let's get back to the episode. Okay, so they're, they want to know how to build business, but they want a great life. Um, the first the first piece of advice that I would give them, if they're at a business conference, then they're probably uh, someone who's driven and hungry for external results, like business results. And what I would tell them, number one, is your external world is a mirror for your internal world. I would tell them that if you are not seeing the results that you want or if you, if you desire amazing results in your life, work on the inner game. And the business strategies are incredibly important, but I believe that people buy feelings. I believe that people buy a way you feel about yourself. And if, if they're trying to succeed in that way, and this just is general life advice anyways, fulfillment is an art. And if they can work on the inner game the external game will follow suit. That's, that's number one. Um, because when you work on the inner game, you learn the lesson that life is trying to teach you. I believe that life's lessons will get louder and louder and louder until we listen. And if you work on the inner game, then you start to realize lessons like, you know, there's a gift in this. I have a choice in this moment. Choice is the gift. And from that lesson, you'll start to be able to see the change in change that you need to make in the external external game. So one external world is a mirror for the internal world. Two, life is always happening for you. Life is always happening for you, not to you. If you see any challenge in your life, anything at all that you're going through where maybe you're not where you want to be yet. And when things go in line with your expectations, um, my favorite quote of all time is trade your expectations for appreciations and your whole life changes in an instant. That's again from Tony Robbins, who is one of my greatest mentors. And if you see that everything is happening for you and you go through life with that core principle, this is happening for me. Even if it's painful, it's a gift because pain in life is guaranteed. Suffering is optional. We can choose to get out of suffering by changing our focus. And when you believe that life is happening for you and not to you, and you have this belief that you're being guided, that you're on the right track, that there's a greater plan in place, whether you believe in God, the universe, whatever you believe in, then you find certainty in every moment. And whenever life feels out of control, it's just because you're craving certainty. That's everyone craves certainty. Everyone needs it. But when you find that through trust and through faith that you're being guided, that life's happening for you and not to you, you feel alive. 
and you know that anything that comes at you is never greater than what's within you. You feel a trust that it's being rigged in your favor, that it's going to work out, that even if you don't know what the lesson is right now, even if you don't know what the intention is right or the intention of the lesson is right now, it's coming. That brings you peace and allows you to find the lesson. Um, that'd be number two. And I have a lot of other bits of advice that I would say, but what's coming to my heart right now, and I don't know, I don't know why this is coming to me, but this is just, I'm going to listen to my gut. Uh, forgive. Um, see the innocence in people. See, just see the beauty in how they're deep down good people. And consciously thank people that have hurt you for the lesson that they gifted you. If there are people in my life where if they were who I wanted them to be, I would not be the man I am today. And going through forgiveness of those people was one of the greatest gifts of my life. And a lot of times when we want business results and we're trying, if these people are at a business conference, right, they want business results and we're trying all the strategies in the world and it's not working. A lot of times it's just inner conflict. It's inner conflict, inner turmoil that's holding people back from what they really want. And that inner turmoil, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times can be let go of with, with the skill of forgiveness. And one of the things that in terms of an exercise you can do, so maybe some tangible value you can take away from this is write a letter to that person or that situation expressing your true feelings, everything out there. And then repeat as if that person's right in front of you, I love you and I forgive you. And then burn that letter and let it go. And that's kind of a summed up exercise of something that is more drawn out and, um, but that'll give you something to go off of for now in the time that we have. Forgiveness is a beautiful gift. And I think that a lot of times people aren't where they want to be because they have things that they're holding on to. It's like carrying a bag of bricks up a mountain when you could set it down, but it brings up pride to be right in those situations. So I'd say forgiveness. And I have a ton of other advice that I'd give them and want to take them to dinner and just give them coaching. But for some reason that, that just felt right today um, for number three. So that'd be the advice that I would give that young couple. Um, if I could offer a bonus, it would oh, be... Oh, you're trying to sneak one in here. Uh-huh. Trying to sneak one in there, yeah. If I could offer a bonus, it would be um, just unapologetically love your partner. And what I mean by that is just live to give. If you're, and a lot of these are, these are all personal focus. If your objective is to make your spouse's life better and it's not, I will love if you love me the way that I need it. It's I am going to meet your needs and that's what fulfills me. That's what brings me joy. That's a three dimensional relationship that will change your future when you make your relationship about giving and fulfilling your partner not saying don't request and request love in the way that you receive it but if your intention is to give love to your partner you will have a beautiful life so anyways i want to throw in a fourth i could go on and on about that but <laughs> yeah uh what's interesting about this and I, and I really appreciate this brad because 
when you're put on the spot to give somebody your best advice and the things that you come up with are you've got to do the personal work. You've got to work. You've got to cleanse that inner vessel. You've got to recognize that you're not subject to life, that you're actually a player in life and that the things happening around you are for you. You mentioned that. Uh, and then the other two that you gave, these come from deep personal experience, I can already tell, and that is being willing to see the innocence in people forgiving, coming from a place of love, and that bonus of unapologetically loving your partner, living to give, those come from experience. When you pull those out of your pocket, that's your, your hip pocket training, if you will, that's always ready and available if somebody asks. For those to bubble up to the top, again, those that are listening, the work of success in your life, of, of performance in, in the domains of your life, they come from doing the inner work. They come from making life about the work and progress that you're making in a very imperfect world and not placing blame on anybody else, but actually being part of the change. So uh, I'll even give you bonus points on that one since you, you took the liberty of a bonus. So, okay, your turn. <laughs> All right. All right, sir. <laughs> so what advice, let's say that you're working with someone that's new to, maybe it's the business world, maybe it's professional world, um, in any way, in any career setting, who is told the advice dream big and set big dreams and go after what you really want, but you can tell that they're holding back out of fear and out of worry. Maybe it's based on what they have or haven't been able to do in the past. And they're kind of setting their dreams based on the past. They know they logically should dream big. What advice would you give someone to bridge the gap from logically knowing and understanding that they should to actively doing and letting go of limitations? I would ask them how long they want to carry around that negativity. Ooh, like how much that. longer do you want to carry that the the cloak of impossibility around with you? Because typically they'll come to that situation. They know something's possible. They know they want more. They we're built. We're we're divinely designed to create. And so you get into this place of of resistance and resistant tension. And usually the fears are very self-serving. Uh, people may not want to hear that, but when I talk to people about leadership and the things that they're afraid of with leadership or the things that they're afraid of in leading out their life and, and acquiring, not even acquiring more, but doing more, uh, leaning more into becoming what their best self might be and, and exploring the possibilities of their dreams the fears are usually about being seen starting small. They're about being seen as or or being caught as maybe a possible failure and not winning at the thing that they want, maybe failing in that. I think sometimes, I know Marianne Williamson talked about people being afraid of their light, that it's the light that scares them, not their darkness. We're very familiar with our darkness. We're familiar with our excuses. We're familiar with the things that we just, the things that we choose to become decoys to the greatness that we can achieve. And I think we just get comfortable. And so the dream challenges us. But what comes from the dream is you got to be willing to do something about it. And what you'll find is people can dream big, but if you ask them where on their calendar it actually has anything that's been scheduled out to chase that dream or pursue that dream 
There's nothing there. And so are you willing to raise the level of necessity in your life relative to the dreams that you have? Dream big. Dream as, as big as you want to go, but just decide how long you're going to carry that, that little uh, blanket of, of impossibility around with you. And when you're ready to give that up, let that dream inform what it is you need to do to get there and, and pursue it. Take the, the small step. A lot of small steps and consistent steps towards something big will get you somewhere. And it may not be the dream that you have, but you will be far better off by taking those steps than never taking the step. Oh, I love that. Can I piggyback off of that yes, with something? please do. So uh, I, I don't know the exact quote, but there's something along the line. You said something about how when you take small steps, it might not be the dream that you initially wanted, but it'll lead you somewhere better off. And I think that sometimes a lot of times people get so attached to a particular outcome when sometimes, yes, go after that outcome with everything you've got, but sometimes we're meant to learn a lesson when pursuing that outcome that maybe we're being guided somewhere else. Um, I've set so many goals in my life where they just weren't happening. And I found that even though I, it wasn't happening, I kept leaning in and taking consistent effort towards that dream. And I learned a valuable lesson of what I was meant to do with my life. And it's not even close to the initial dream and vision I already, I had at the beginning. The dream and vision evolves when you have the courage to lean into what feels right now and then reassess down the road. So I just wanted to piggyback and just say, lean in. And even if it's not what you initially anticipated, um, it'll end up being a gift no matter what. Because like we said, with that advice to the young couple, life's always happening for you, not to you. So, Spot, anyways, on. Spot on. Love it. Okay. What'll get in the way? What'll get in the way? Nice. Yep. I like the simplicity of the question. Oh, by the way, you get you get 100 points for the last one. Oh. Um, <laughs> so what'll get in the way? Um, I believe that what gets in the way yeah first let's talk about hermit crabs so um, <laughs> there's a pattern interrupt for you so let's talk about hermit crabs so hermit crabs are fascinating little creatures they you know grow into their shell and what's so cool about hermit crabs is once they reach the limit of their shell they leave that shell and they go and find a bigger shell and they grow into that shell. And so in life, I think the thing that holds us back is the ego, otherwise known as everyone's greatest obstacle. And if you are a hermit crab, it's called art Mr. Krabs. And so let's, let's say that we're, well, we're all hermit crabs and we go through life growing into our shell. Well, a beautiful point of personal growth happens when you start to reach the outer limits of your shell you start to feel this dull, achy pain. Like you should be moving on. You should be doing something different. You should be expanding. But your identity feels contained in this shell. And you know that the right thing to do is to take that leap of faith and leave the shell. The challenge is that there's barracudas in the ocean. There's barracudas out there that might eat you which is why it's so important to be around other people that are changing their shells on a regular basis that will get your back in your transitions while you find a bigger shell and allow your identity to expand. And so I think the number one biggest thing that holds people back 
is the fear of expanding their identity beyond their current ego. And I think that if, if we live in that shell and stay safe, you're going to feel a dull, achy pain. You're not going to die. You're going to be fine, but you're not going to thrive. You're going to feel a dull, achy pain that you could have given more, served more, loved more, cared more, but didn't. And so the first thing that holds people back is the ego. That makes hermit crabs stay small. When you, my friend, listen to this, you're meant to grow into the huge crap that you really are. And so don't take offense to that. I'm joking about being a crap, but you get the point. So that's number one is the ego. Number two, uh, what holds people back is proximity to people with limiting thoughts. I think that, and this is kind of a, kind of a generic personal development cliche, but if you roll your eyes at cliches then you're rolling your eyes at sage knowledge. So it's a cliche, but you're the average of the people you spend your time with. And so what I like to train my students on is something called a concept of the board of directors. If your life is a multinational corporation and you have a board that helps advise the direction of the company, what are the qualities that you would want that is in a seat at that board? And people will say things like, you know, big dreamer, self-motivator, accountable, uh, says the courageous thing, is courageous, you know, is super loving, is giving, all beautiful qualities, right? And so make a list. Who are the people, what would be the qualities of someone you would want at your board of directors if you were a multinational corporation? Then, with the exception of your children, write down the five to 10 people that you spend time with on a regular basis and circle the ones that have those qualities. And if you're noticing that few of them or limited numbers of them meet those qualities, it doesn't mean disregard them from your life. It means be intentional about where you're getting your advice and the time that you spend and perhaps maybe hire someone new to be in that seat on your board of directors. Now they can still be employees at the company, right? Love your family, pick your peer group is the old saying, right? With a lot of situations. I believe that that is one of the biggest drains on success is when you're around people that just support you instead of challenge you. And that's good friendship, but a peer is someone that you will literally bend and change to make sure that you have their approval. And when you're around people that expect you to succeed, you will succeed because your life is a direct reflection of the expectations of your peer group. And that would be number two that holds people back around a limiting group of peers. And people say all the time, well, I live in a small town. I don't know these people. In my opinion, that is just resourcefulness that needs to be engaged. Resourcefulness to find those people, whether that's asking for an introduction, a favorable introduction, or in my opinion, the best way to meet those people is pay for it, is pay for it. When you get into masterminds, when you get into coaching programs, things of that nature, you are around people playing ball at a high level. I take a look at some of our greatest business successes that we've had, and we did in five days what we used to do in over a year in terms of revenue. That wouldn't have been possible if I didn't invest in myself to get in the room with another high performer playing ball at a high level that gave me that advice.
on how to do that or challenge me in that way. So I believe proximity is power. That's the second thing that holds people back. And the third thing that I think holds people back is, how do I put this in the right way? There's more that holds people back, but for some reason this has come to me today. And that is seeking validation and craving significance in an unhealthy way. Um, I'm a big follower of the six human needs, another uh, psychology framework taught by, I call him Uncle Tony. Um, and, uh, and significance is one of the human needs. But if significance is your number one desire, there's, you know, there's positive, neutral, negative ways to meet that need. Some people meet the need for significance by donating to a charity, which is a beautiful way to meet that need for significance. But most people meet their need for significance by having significant problems. And if your number one desire is validation and needing approval and needing permission, then you're holding yourself back from what you really want. You're not allowing your soul to expand. And the reason I am saying this, the reason this came to me, um, these are off the cuff, is because this is how I used to live. I lived for five years of my nine-year entrepreneurial journey craving validation, seeking permission, trying so hard to be accepted and loved and show that I was enough. And what I found was the more and more I did that, the more inner shame that I felt because I wasn't willing to be vulnerable. I wasn't willing to show the real me. And the business results showed themselves. They didn't happen. And people can smell BS a mile away and they could smell it. And from working on this, and I'll teach you a framework on how to do that in just a second, from working on this and improving my sense of self-worth and focusing on that first, this craving for validation went away. When your number one need driving you is significance or the need to be significant, then you're always comparing if you're enough or not. And that is decreasing your sense of worth. I have a belief that self-worth equals self-love over time. If worth equals love over time, most people say, well, I wasn't given that love that I was needed to be given or whatever. I wasn't given that love. And they like to blame other situations, which would be a fourth thing that holds people back is blame. But they blame other people, other situations for why they are where they are, the love they did or did not receive. And so they don't take their own love as their own personal responsibility, which decreases their sense of worth. If love, if worth equals love over time, then we need to realize that we are responsible for loving ourselves. And I'm not just talking about taking a bubble bath. I'm talking about feeling worthy. And the greatest, if you feel more sense of worth, you are not wondering if you're enough or not. And if you're not wondering if you're enough or not, then, and you're not then you're not dealing with comparison. And then when you're not dealing with comparison, you don't have to worry about perfection. It goes away and you can actually focus on just service. And service to many leads to greatness. When your objective is to serve, that's what's going to change other people's lives and also your life. But that doesn't happen when we're living in a state of perfection or wondering if we're doing enough or if we are enough. So to increase our sense of self-worth, that's what solves all that. We need intentional self-love over time. And in my opinion, the greatest practice of self-love over time is self-celebration. And so what I have my clients do is celebrate three things daily. I have them grab a little journal, put it next to their bed. I am celebrate number one, what they did accomplish that day. 
right? The actions they did take. Most people, let's say, let's use the network marketing example. If someone has a goal of sending 20 invites and they send four, right? Some, what most people do is they focus on the 16 they didn't do and feel guilty about not doing them. I train my clients to focus on the four they did do and to celebrate that. And when you focus on the four you did accomplish, not saying don't have discipline, not saying don't hold yourself to a higher standard, but celebrating your accomplishments, the next day you're more likely to want to do those invitations. So you celebrate what you did accomplish. The second thing is celebrating how you added value to people's lives. And if you celebrate, you know what? I did a great job for my kids today. I did an amazing job on that team presentation and, you know, really poured my heart and soul into serving those people. I did a great job. I'm going to celebrate being on this podcast later today and really trying my best to serve in it with everything I've got. That conditions me to find benefit and reward through service, which makes me want to do it more the next day. And service to many leads to greatness. So I've conditioned then what I did accomplish and service. And the third thing is I celebrate the man that I am or the woman that you are, whichever. And I celebrate just the person I am. I'm so loving. I'm so caring. I'm so appreciative. I'm a great dad, right? Like I just celebrate who I am. And when I consistently celebrate myself, my feelings of self-worth go up. So I'm not worried about if I'm enough or not. And so I... I can go on and on, but <laughs> but that's what I would advise in terms of what holds people back and and starting the wheels turning about what to do about it. Wow, 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 wow! Perfect. That uh, you nailed it. And we could uh, we could end the episode right here, and I think people would be well well fed and, and energized around the the work of, of becoming their best selves. But that was uh, phenomenal advice. Thank you. What? How many points do I get? <laughs> well, I I did get a call from the judges while you were going on that, and they said, uh, Art, I'm sorry to break this to you, but this is already a no contest, so how long are you going to continue to play this match? And I said, well, hey, I'm up for at least one more question, so let me see what I can pull out. I think we're both winners on this one, man. We both serve, we both love, we both helped, and we both made a difference. So, <laughs> well, Give me one more, and then uh, – then let's wrap it up. Okay. Um, so I wrote down I wrote down eight to be prepared for, but I just feel called to say to ask this one. What advice would you give, let's say, a young couple <laughs> that maybe are new parents, and maybe they have maybe they have one or two kids. Maybe they have one kid and you want to teach them how to create legacy in the mindset of their children. How do you teach them to create legacy? What, what advice would you have to give them the gift of legacy within their kids' psyches? Great question. And uh, it's something that I, I think about. Uh, I'm in an interesting season in my own life. My two of my children are now out of the home. I've got one left at home. Uh, my oldest two are daughters. My youngest is a son. And boys and girls have very different, um, I would say, different needs from a, an emotional and physical sense. Uh, but I would say even more than that, each of my children are unique. And so one piece of advice, well, number one, don't make parenting about you. 
We have things that we want to happen. We have this vision of what they might be in their lives. And I think it's great to have, you know, this vision of what's possible for humankind. But first of all, don't make parenting about yourself. There's too many times that ego gets in the way of parenting. Second thing is get to know each of them at a very intimate level. Understand what the things that they value, the things that are uh, the things that bring them joy, the strengths that they have, the just their lives. Get into their life and and be in meaningful dialogue about what's important to them and what are their challenges. And so, what that's going to require then is a level of intentionality about having conversation that's meaningful. And there's this whole proximity paradox that just because I'm in the home and I'm having dinner or I'm around and maybe I'm working on something that and, and I'm near my kids or near my spouse, that doesn't mean jack when it comes to developing a relationship. That just means you're in you're in the same world that they're in. But if you want meaningful dialogue, get into some conversation. So that'd be the second thing. Maybe the third piece of advice uh, I would give in, in helping them create a legacy a mindset legacy that's helpful and useful. I would help them recognize the power that they have around the choices that they make and the stories that they tell themselves. Um, But what that requires is that throughout their life and even beyond when they leave the home is that ongoing dialogue. And I think, uh, I don't know, from a, some beliefs that I have, I believe that we, we each came to this earth when we were supposed to be here uh, and afforded the lessons that we need to learn. I think that our children come more educated than we do. Uh, they come with gifts that uh, maybe they were a little bit more advanced, that it's going to take us some time to come up to speed and how we can best serve them in their genius best serve them in the things that they might accomplish here on this earth. I There's a great quote, and I would give this advice to parents. Um, it's by David O. McKay. He said that no success in life can compensate for failure in the home. Wow. And I think if we, in fact, I just had this opportunity with a men's coaching group that I'm involved with, over the weekend, I thought a lot about the stewardship of fatherhood, and a challenge that I gave the group was to take the opportunity on Father's Day, and you could do this for the moms that are listening on Mother's Day, but typically those days are about dad being spoiled by their kids, spouse, and the people in their life, and maybe mom on Mother's Day the same way. What if you flipped that on its head, and you made that day a day to be extra remarkable in your stewardship as a mom or a dad that you came into dialogue with each of your children that you expressed your gratitude that you expressed the the gift that they are in your life and the things that they're teaching you and so for me if i want to create legacy in my household and with with my children i have to man up and live the life that they would be proud of that they would be connected to in a way that they too would want to take the good that they learned from that and the bad 
failures and successes that they would take from that and want to build upon it. And that that example would transcend uh, all of the things that they'll face in their life, that it will become a, a, a grounding force or a place of a vision that they can continue to build on. You know, if that microphone wasn't an expensive piece of equipment, I'd ask you to hold it up and drop it. Um, <laughs> that was a mic drop. <laughs> I tell you, being a parent is, uh, it's really, really cool. But if, if you want to have the impact and influence on a human life, you just have to take it with, with a great sacredness for the stewardship that it is. And if you'll do that, you'll do just fine. So that's what I would give. I okay, my friend. <laughs> well, I know we committed to a certain amount of time. This is super fun, and I'd love to do this again sometime. But yeah. because I'm so beho- so far behind in the race, the judges also awarded me three final questions that uh, will help us wrap this up. First one is one that I ask every single guest. <laughs> Brad, what does living true mean to you? Living true, that's a great question. Living true, what does living true mean to me? To me, it's it's coming through me right now is being a living, breathing example of love and, uh, and appreciation being a living, breathing example of love and appreciation. I have a belief that unconditional love and appreciation are the sandwich of everything you ever want. And yeah, that's living true. Love it. I get a different answer to that question every single time. And uh, you didn't fail me at all on that. Brilliant answer. Thank you. Uh, Last two questions will be quick. The first one is, what are you most excited about right now? And then the second question will be, where can people find you? Uh, so, you know, I, <laughs> it's funny. I do a lot of really cool business stuff. And, you know, it'd be easy to say I'm most excited about these projects that I'm working on and our subscription programs and things of that nature and our launches and how we're serving people and all that. But what actually comes to my heart is what I'm most excited about is, is my daughter. Like, it's, it's she is just she's changed me mm. um and here we go of course you get me emotional on this <laughs> on the, um she's uh she's just a gift and she's at this just beautiful fun stage where she's like she's just a goofball and she's just having a blast and i just every day i have the privilege of being an example for her and just I don't know how to explain it It, besides just it. There's this deep, intimate, loving, soulful connection um, that makes me have the need, not the want, the need to be the best version of myself I can possibly be so that she becomes the most amazing, independent, confident, loving, best woman that she wants to be one day and so i'm most excited about every memory i get to have with her because man she's just hilarious Um, (laughs) but but, uh that's that's what i'm most excited about um talk about business all day long but that wouldn't be true right now well i'll tell you 
as a father, one of the great opportunities you have in front of you right now, Brad, is to get down on your knees or lay down on your belly wherever you can be near her and look her right in the eyes, be on her level, and see her soul. What she will show you through her eyes and, and her face and her smile and her just way of being right now. You talked about the mirror before of personal development. I would say clean this, the glass. In fact, remove the glass that might exist or that can develop through time if you'll take moments throughout your life to just look her in the eyes and to let her soul speak to you. You'll know what to do as a dad. You'll know how to honor her. And I wow. think that's that's a great opportunity of, of again manifesting your what it means for you to live true, and that is that people experience love. Wow. Hey, where can people find you that can uh, stay connected to you and, and continue to have more of this type of dialogue? Where would you yeah. send them? Yeah, there's a few places. First is my website, bradbizjack.com. Um, for more consistent content, though, Instagram is where I deliver most of my. Uh, daily content and things of that nature. And we have a, you know, a daily subscription program available on there as well for people. Um, but just at Brad Bizjack on Instagram. Um, that's, that's where I really serve the public the most. Um, and then obviously through our, our programs, if, if it feels like a good fit down the road, but I would say start with Instagram and, um, and work your way up. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, Brad, for being on the show today, for pouring yourself and your in insight and experience, but your heart into this audience uh, means a lot that you take the time to be on the show. Thank you for the privilege of allowing me to serve. I, I know this is a sacred place of personal growth, and um, I'm glad that it added value. And anytime you want someone as a guest, sign me up. Happy to serve. Awesome, Brad. Thank you. Uh, for those listening, remember that growth is always a choice. Until next week, my friends, make it a great one. And remember to honor the gift. <laughs>